0: Diamondbacks finally took care of business and swept somebody. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you've decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You have found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently, though. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana, We also cover ASU football, ASU basketball, USL Championship soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all available to you, typically Tuesday through Saturday. Let's go. I am so jacked up. We'll get into more of that in just a little bit. If you've seen my Instagram, um, now on TikTok, um... Well, I've always been on TikTok, but I actually just changed it from my name to the Big Sky Sports Talk and uh, Facebook. Then you know that I'm pretty jacked up, and that there is a fire in the belly. And uh, yeah, I I got a little bit more uh, to talk about and to to share. But like I said, if you if you've seen um, the Facebook the tiktok or um the instagram post um then uh then you already know what's coming so i'm pretty jacked about that so we got as i said diamondbacks and then also cardinals there's some uh interviews that happened um yesterday um, about midday so uh we'll get into that as well um a big day excuse me a big day um ubering um and a a lot of rain uh we've been getting a lot of rain lately um and yesterday about seven o'clock um well about seven between seven and eight uh the skies started to get really dark and it's uh a darkness in the sky that I haven't seen really since I left Mobile and shortly after that um, as the wind put, picked up more we got some really good heavy rain and uh, um, like I said something I haven't experienced since I left so uh, that was actually something of a treat uh, to me anyway Um, but I had a good long day uh, Ubering and, uh, it was, it was rather, uh, productive. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't really know, um, if I have anything else, uh, to report. I think I'm just so, uh, jacked up to get to, to the Diamondbacks, um, that, that, I anything I have to say, um, I'm, uh or that I thought I would have to say during this, this time and during this moment, I, I don't. Um, but anyway, hopefully I can, I can bring the same, um, energy in, into my D backs conversation that I did, um, during the, uh, during the, um, reel. like I said, you, you might, might've already seen it, but, I'm gonna try to replicate that as as good as I can because I was super excited. Once I um, finished hitting record, I'm like, oh, I actually did a pretty good job going on a little a little tangent there. Um, so I'm I'm jacked up about that. And um, with all that said, I think we're gonna go ahead and get right into it. So we got the Diamondbacks up next, and uh, I hope you're ready. I, I know I know I am. So. Um, that'll be next on Big Sky Sports Talk. As I said in the intro and in the teaser just a little bit ago, I am jacked up about this Diamondbacks team and there is a fire in the belly for them. There's no doubt about it. Um, the Diamondbacks are now a first place team in June. It is June. No longer do we have to say that this is a sample size? No longer is it excuse to say, oh, well, it's early. No. It is June, and this team is a first place team. And they swept the Rockies. In a walk-off fashion yesterday afternoon. It is time to get some butts in the seats. 15,000 from the other night is no bueno. And then eleven or 12,000 the night before. We have to get some butts in the seats. And we have to make Mike Hazen and Ken Kendrick, specifically Ken Kendrick, Spend some money on this team, Mike Hazen. It is time for you. Past time for you to go out and look for some bullpen and starting pitching help now, not later, not halfway through the month of June, or the beginning of July, or before even the the uh, trade deadline. Go now. Ken Kendrick, you have no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. The judge ruled in favor of payments from Bally Sports to your pocketbook. There's no excuse. The only excuse is fans not getting out to the games. And that's where I charge you right now, fans. You have to get out to the game and support this team. Do not wait until July like I've already seen. People comment about don't worry, wait until the playoffs. We don't even know if it's going to happen. Get in the seats now, don't wait until September. This fan base has a habit of waiting and and waiting and seeing to see what's going to happen. Get into the stands now, get to Chase Field right now. We have to give Mike Hazen a reason to get some players and be a buyer in this upcoming trade deadline. There absolutely is no excuse. There's no excuse at all, and this this team not only needs it, but in my opinion, they absolutely deserve it. I I, I don't know what else I can say other than... Um, we need to support this team. If I was there, I would be going to as many games as I can. Shoot, if there's someone out there that um, has never been into a game and needs to get out there, I might actually be willing to buy a ticket because I think this team deserves it, and I think they need our support. There, There's absolutely no reason why we can't. If we want to see change in this team, if we want to see change in this franchise, excuse me, we have, goodness, we have to get out and uh, rally the valley and support this team. Um, there is there is no other way around it. Um, what they're doing right now is is, is I mean, it's fantastic. There's, since 2002 the first time the Diamondbacks have uh, taken a four game sweep to the Rockies Now, not the first time they swept in, in, in 2002 they, they've had some sweeps before last season in, in, in fact but since 2002 against this team in a four game set it's the first time it's happened so um, all the more reason to get out to the ballpark like I said, do not wait until September. September will will be too late, and we could be out of it. But right now, we're a first-place team in June, and that has me so jacked up. Now to the game. Um, Diamondbacks win it in, like I said, walk-off fashion against the Rockies. They win 5-4. Um the Rockies scored their first three runs between the second and the sixth. The uh, Doyle single to left and Makowskis, uh scored and then in the sixth Castro single to center and McMahon scored. Um and then Jones single to center and Castro scored three nothing. Diamondbacks uh finally get on the board with a Lourdes Gurriel hit that w- came up clutch and brought this team within one
1: in right center live ball toward the left field corner and it's off the bullpen fence Marte will score here comes Walker Lourdes Gurriel Jr makes it a one run ball game Boy, you nailed that one. They were way over there, and Gurriel found acres of space in that left field corner.
0: Yeah. So, Lourdes comes through, hits a nice ball, and scores a couple of guys. Um, then, in the seventh, uh, Tovar Homer, it is now 4-2. to two. Um the seventh inning for the Diamondbacks. Marte doubles to left and Rivera scores. And then we have the walk off in the ninth by Corbin Stinkin Carroll. Corbin Carroll.
1: It went down to the final hitter, and they finally got the
2: big hit. Their first four-game sweep of the Rockies since the 2002 season. And they are tied for the National League West lead with
1: the L.A. Dodgers.
0: Yep, tied for West. And um, with that, they are on top of the whole NL division. So, um, not, not just the NL but the whole NL division. Um, now Corbin Carroll puts on the victory vest and uh, let's hear from him after the walk-off. There it is. The oh, there it is. It's
3: a victory vest. How does it feel, Corbin?
4: Feels good. Uh, I think that's my first walk-off ever. That's your no first kidding.
3: Any, any level? How what? does that feel? How does it feel to be mobbed and carried
4: like Pretty good. Let's let's make it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Corbin. We were talking about you in the pregame show. You're a rookie,
1: and have, have you ever heard of the of the statistic close and late? Uh, close and late means seventh inning and beyond, okay. and a one run game. Okay. You are hitting now over 370 close and late. Is, do you just get in some kind of a frame of mind where I'm not going to be defeated in this
3: situation?
4: Yeah, you know, I want want to help our team any way possible, and, you know, when when things are tight late, um, I think just the the focus level is that much more narrow. I don't know if you've seen the pitch that you hit for the walk-up, but it was 97
1: miles an hour and about 6 to 7 inches outside. Were you diving out there to
4: get it? Yeah, I had a feeling I was a little off the plate.
3: (laughs) You know, uh, again, you didn't see our pregame, Corbin, but Gracie broke down all the things that you do so incredibly well. And part of it was that plate coverage. Uh, how much pride do you take into being able to reach pitches like that and make something happen? And, and you know, I know that's one of your strengths.
4: Yeah, you know, those ones, those ones are kind of accidents. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay in the zone, make the pitcher come to me. Um, but just having that adjustability, uh, I think, is important at this level. Um, you're, you're not always, you're going to get fooled sometimes. Um, you know, guys, guys just have good stuff up here. And so, um, yeah, trying to take advantage of, you know, just just putting barrel on the ball. And, and finally, we were talking about
1: you love fastballs and you love elevated pitches. I pity the fool that throws you an elevated fastball, and he sure did right there, didn't he?
4: Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, that was not always a strength of mine. Um, I can always hit the ball down in the zone and been working really hard with uh, with our hitting coaches, you know, Ease and Ease and Joe and Jordy and, and Drew on, on some approach stuff there. Well, well, car- Nice going. Go have a Hawaiian punch.
3: It, it, one more thing, if you if you don't mind, for yeah. me, it's not easy to sweep a team in a four-game series. You guys did that. You're now 11 games over, 500 and a share of the NL West. You guys are on quite a roll right now. How much fun is it? And obviously, I know you want to keep it going with Atlanta coming in tomorrow.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so much fun. Um, you know, we've got a great group of, of players and, uh, and people. You know, we got Chafe over here throwing gum at oh, me now. Oh,
3: Chafe Of course. <laughs> but, oh.
4: <laughs> but um, well, no, it's, it's so much fun um, just having a group, you know, coming in every day and just trying to compete and, and really believing in ourselves.
3: All right, well, moonwalk on out of here in the victory vest, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to Corbin Carroll. Wow. And by the way, you dropped a Mr. T reference on him. I'm not sure. You pity the fool? I pity the fool
1: that throws him <laughs> an elevated fastball.
0: Um, I don't know if I even have heard that, uh, before, um, um, that first, first and late, um, that's, that's pretty special, uh, for Corbin Carroll, um, Tori Lovello, uh, I'm glad we do not have to hear you say, oh, well, we, we fought and our, our team, um, you know, we're we're doing some special things. Um, well, we don't have to hear that because you got a sweep and you did what you were supposed to do. Let's hear from Torrey.
5: I watched a group of players come together in, you know, the final 20 minutes of the game today um, in a way that – um, you know, the manager's always looking for things that are going to galvanize the team, and I watched an, a very focused effort. Um, I watched guys just just do things on a, on a very, very elite level to find a way to win that game. And now you're in a position to win the game, and you have a young hitter who probably um, has never been in that situation before but understands the situation to expand the zone, might not be getting pitches to get his hands on, and hits the ball exactly where it's pitched. So those are, those are the concepts and the little things that we talk about inside of our days that we are hopeful that they'll continue to show up and, in a way that it helps you win a moment and win an inch. And it's just I couldn't be more proud of these guys. It was an awesome moment for me to watch, and it was an awesome moment for this team um, to do what they did in the last inning. We're down to our final out and it just i'm i'm gonna, i'm going to think about this all night tonight. I know they will too, and I want them to. They they should think about it and come out come out here tomorrow very refreshed and and ready for an unbelievable series against against the Braves.
0: Yeah, before we get into, you know, getting into the Braves, um let's let's get into more some box score stuff. Pavin Smith with, went over 3. Um Rivera one for one and uh, as a pinch hitter uh a run scored. Um let's see. Um Evan Longoria, oh for one, uh Catel Marte, um two for four, two runs in the RBI, Corbin Carroll. Uh, one for five, and two RBIs. Christian Walker, three for four. A run. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as the DH, one for four. Two RBIs. Josh Rojas, over for three. Perdomo, over for three. Jake McCarthy, one for four. Um, Herrera, 0 for two. And uh, Moreno as a pinch hitter, over for one, and a run score. Zach Davies was actually... You know, pretty solid. Uh, Gave up the three runs um, early, but he went five and two-thirds, seven hits. um, The three earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, uh, 5.40 ERA. Um, I'm not too mad about this um, this second start for Davies because it is, as I just said, a second start. Um, Kyle Nelson, one and a third. Um, Two hits, one on run, three strikeouts, a 2.86 ERA. Ruiz, uh, one inning, uh, one hit, one strikeout, 6.23. And uh, Ginkle uh, pitched an inning um, and struck out one, a 3.20 ERA. Diamondbacks um, got five runs on nine hits. Colorado four runs on ten hits, no errors for either team. Ginkle goes and gets the win um, for the Diamondbacks. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, let's do. Um, let's go with the uh, some more post game stuff with uh, Mark Grace and Jody Jackson
1: let find ways to, to continue to make our jobs easier and try to figure them out, but maybe maybe that's uh, the thing. It's tough to figure these guys out. Well,
3: Siebel appeared to tie there as he walked Marte, which continued Marte's on Bay Street to 30 games, and then Christian Walker with the hit, and then
1: Bordis Gurriel Jr. Again, two more RBIs, bang off the fence. Get on your horse, boys. Get on your horse. Come on, Christian. a <laughs> boy, Christian. What a year, Gary always had.
3: Yeah, and then he just chips away because there it's three to two, so you're still down by a run. And then Kyle Nelson gives up the homer here to Tovar, which is just his, I believe it was his
6: fourth. I believe that's six, but
1: we can, we, we can look it up. And that's a long way for a little guy to hit a ball.
3: And then Rivera, he just continues to hit, he's pinch hitting. And gets it
1: done to get on base for Marte. Marte got a couple of really good hits in the late
7: going.
0: Um, got some buffering going on. I don't know what's going on. Make see if I can make it go. Because there's a little bit more that they gotta say. That's so aggravating. Um, might just move on. Yeah, we'll go ahead and just move on. Um, just say, well, there's one other thing, um, that I was going to, um, play. I wasn't quite ready because I was waiting for that, Um, the video to, uh, finish up, um, well, that might be half the issue, the Wi-Fi went down, hold on. Uh Well that's going to stink for the rest of the show if I can't get the Wi-Fi to come back up because I still got some uh um Cardinals to uh to get to. Well, that stinks. Well, um, never mind. It was just going to be a just kind of a a quick um video that um was put together of some big moments for the uh, four game. Uh, sweet. um as uh they talked about we have uh diamondbacks will be um home um tomorrow and um or actually today excuse me um against atlanta and that that series will go ahead and in um gets uh get started there um i guess i'm gonna try to work on the the wi-fi during during this break but um like i said i'm jacked up need to try to find a way to uh to get ken kendrick spend some money he he has no excuse the only excuse he'll have as i said is if there's not a lot of butts in the seats 15 little over fifteen thousand. Uh, for uh, last night's game, and then the night before last, only about eleven or twelve. Gotta find more more ways to get some uh butts in the seats. Like I said, I would I would be pretty much uh, interested in um, buying someone a ticket. So if there's a a fan in in the valley that um wasn't planning on going to game because maybe you you were just one of those fans right now that that I'm uh charging that says hey um I'm not going to go until the playoffs well we need you out there now um maybe I can get you get you to a game or maybe you haven't been to a game in a while or you're a young new fan you know um if that's something you're interested you know how to get to me BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com you shoot me an email i might buy someone a ticket to get some butts in the seats um because i think it is that important Um trying to fix this wi-fi issue while um during this break uh, but when we come back we'll get into some um some uh, cardinals and that's up next on big sky sports talk finally getting into some cardinals i say finally because well it is ten oh nine a.m. for me. Um, there was more than just resetting the internet and the the Wi-Fi, rather, or however you want to say it. It was a whole outage, and it got back on earlier this morning. Uh, but unfortunately, um, about thirty to forty five minutes ago, I just now woke up. So let's get into Cardinals. It's going to be a very late podcast upload but uh let's let's get into it um we have uh jonathan gannon uh, jalen thompson um and then a player that i really don't know and then of course uh james connor uh, i say of course as you guys you know of course he's going to speak no, no no, i just know james connor um and so uh I'll let J.G. get us kicked off.
8: I'll find him. Find him. What do we got? Speaking of
1: running backs and running games, is it safe to assume that with offensive line being one of your obvious stripes as a unit on offense and Tyler not following ready to start, of the run game will be up? big emphasis
8: for you guys? Yeah, good question. I, um, You know, depending on who we play that week and who we got playing, that's how we'll devise the game plan. So whatever we really have to do to win the game, that's what we're going to try to do. So um, there'll be elements of the run game in every game, I'm sure, but um, we'll lean on our strengths, whatever we deem those to be our strengths versus the team that we're playing, and lean on that. How would you
1: evaluate your five, I think, you have running backs on the roster at the moment?
8: I like, I like all the, how they're working. Um, they each have a little bit different skill set, and uh, we just got to figure out what they do best and put them in as many times those situations that they can succeed and help us win. So um, really like how that group is working. Autry's doing a phenomenal job with the details of that position. It's not just take the hand off and run. There's a lot of details that go into it that I'm still learning. But um, I like where they're at.
9: David Collins kind of shifted me to a pass rush role. What would it liked
2: from him over these last
8: couple of weeks? Yeah, versatile player, obviously, with Zavin. Um, we're still kind of bouncing around different spots. He's been playing that spot for us, as you see right now. But uh, he's extremely intelligent, so you can do a lot of different things with him because he can handle it mentally. And um, I like his skill set. He's a big, strong, explosive you know person. So... Um, you know, we're gonna. It's just like it. all of our players will try to put him in as many spots that he's comfortable with, and for him to produce on the field for us and help us win. What
1: does an outside linebacker need that an inside linebacker doesn't need in terms of
10: whether it's skill or strength or vision what are, you know, Good
8: what question. You? I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, not depends on, it's how they're aligned. We ask them to do different things with their vision, what they're looking at, what they have to process pre, pre and post snap. Um, but, you know, we cross-train a lot of those guys, and they got to be able to play both. But uh, I think the game shrinks when you're on the edge, um, when you're behind the ball and you're stacked behind the ball. There's a lot of moving parts. So I think that would be the main difference for us in what we ask how we play defense, what we ask our guys to do is probably just the processing of on the ball to off the ball. How different
11: is the skill set of your wide receivers really now that you
8: don't to pop anymore? How different is it? um yeah i'm I'm very pleased with our receivers right now um just like autry i think you know drew terrell and whip are doing an excellent job with those guys and we talk about with our guys is you know if if you carve out a role for yourself we'll use you in that role and um i like how they're working i like how they're improving with the details of their position um you know Get open and catch the ball is the, is the major thing. But I uh, like what they're doing in the run and pass game. Their line, Drew deploys them different ways. So mentally they're sharp, they're on it. Because uh, you can only do that if they can handle it mentally. I really like where that room's at. Is there
7: a particular reason of uh, making the move now with hop as opposed to at some other time?
8: Yeah, it's just, you know, all the factors that were in play. Uh, we just felt that it was the best thing for the team to, um, you know, play with who we have.
11: How would you to have that clarity with just moving on from
8: Hopkins? Say that one more time. How would just
11: highlight. to have that clarity just moving forward? Yeah,
8: I mean, it, it's it really no big deal to me. You know, we're operating on the premise that he was going to be here, and now we're not, so uh, we're moving on. Once the draft
2: was over.
0: Three minutes and 49 seconds into the press conference, and we get a couple of questions about Hop. No really hard-hitting questions really at all. Um, I don't know why it wasn't the first question. Like, it would have totally have been my first question. Um, and, and I'm not sure. I think that was Howard Balzer that, that asked the uh, first question. I, I, it's hard for me to decipher some of the voices, Um if they say who they are, obviously that you know, and like in a first meet and greet press conference, then obviously I know. But it's one of one of two um, voices, and I think it was Howard. But it's either Howard or um, or uh, Bob McManaman. They have very sim similar tones, but um, I I don't know um. Obviously he said it was the best thing for their team at the moment for, for D hop. I'm I'm kinda leaning a little bit more towards, you know, um what, you know, some of the fans are, are thinking they could have got some something or why didn't they get something? Apparently there was nothing to offer. He was most certainly overpaid, um, hasn't been uh, available. Um and uh uh if by it made the most sense now? Yes, I guess it does make the most sense, to JG, when you're tanking. Yes, it always makes more sense to eat all the cap uh, for 2023 and not have a whole lot uh, because of an um, overpaid wide receiver. Yes, of course it makes sense.
2: Monty talked about being very intentional about the guys you would add as undrafted yeah. free agents. and know was very early, but what have you seen from yeah. that
8: group great question howard yeah i I think that the 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 main thing that we wanted to get right was their football character and i think we did a good job of that so far so uh, and they got a long way to go but i like how all of them are consistent they're self-aware uh they're team first guys and they're just working to submerge in with the vets and everybody and carve out a role for themselves in in the team and some of them are you know, going in between ones, twos, threes, special teams, playing different positions. But um, they're all versatile pieces that they really care about the team first, and that's a huge piece to how we're going to do things around here. You coached
2: against the team last season. With Kyle comp on the field, how does that change how a defense can play
12: this
8: scheme with his team? Yeah, good question, Josh. Obviously, he's a great player. Um, We didn't have to play against him because of the suspension or whatever. But... You know, with the guys that we have on the team right now, they present some challenges to the defense with their skill sets. And that makes it tough for a defense from a defensive perspective because you can't do certain things that you always want to do because of some of their skill sets. So I think uh, just making sure we evaluate that with the guys that we have out there, getting the best 11 out there, who's our one, two, three, four, five, six and um, putting them guys in positions to make plays for us and use their skill sets accordingly, I think we'll be okay.
0: There's no way, and I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm not there at OTAs. That's obvious. Um, But there is absolutely no way. When you have a healthy DeAndre Hopkins, and a DeAndre Hopkins is on – The right page with the quarterback, which we you know we didn't see a whole lot last year. We didn't see him healthy, and we we you know he didn't seem like they were on the same page. But when that is, there is no way the caliber of wide receiver the D Hop is, um, matches what whatever you have in your wide receiver room. No way. That is. Absolutely, a bull, bull crap answer, in my opinion, and and that's where I'm standing. Um, you know, a like I said, a healthy, motivated, focused D hop commands so much more attention than whatever wide receiver room they have right now. That is strictly. I'm moving off of D Hop. We've moved off to D Hop. I'm focusing on our guys' answer. That's that's exactly what that is. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, I will uh, ring the recantation bells. You know, uh, during the season, if this wide receiver room actually ends up being being any good, um, and, and and I do in in a way agree with. The release of d um, because how overpaid he is, but I, I, you know, it just it's just it's a frustrating thing all around. It's, again, to me, it's more frustrating knowing that they're tanking. That, that that's what's frustrating to me. They're not even trying as an organization to compete. Is is BJ okay? I know he wasn't
7: working out there today. is, mm-hmm. this, is it, it? doesn't have anything to do with the contract, does it? It's just. Mm-hmm.
8: No, we're just being careful with B.J. He's got a little bit of a nick, um, but he's in there in the meetings and he's out there, and uh, he could probably go, but we're just making sure we're doing the right thing in early June here right now.
1: Jonathan, how do you think, I uh, think touched on this really, uh, Isaiah attacks this season being it's so big for him.
8: Yeah, honestly, talking with Isaiah, I think that's an external factor that he's not really concerned about. Um, He's concerned about improving his game in the roles that we're going to use him and doing whatever he can to help us win games. Do you
1: see him in
8: multiple roles? Uh, Yeah, I think so. As we move forward, you know, I want to see him get comfortable in a couple spots we're playing him, but he's obviously a very unique talent, and he can do a lot of things for you uh, defensively and schematically because he can match up with different people and – He's, he's got a skill set that, you know, he can cover a slot, he can cover a tight end, he can play stacked, he can play deep. So we're going to try to use him the best way we can. You've
13: seen, you've seen Colt over the years, I'm sure, in other teams, hmm. but what are you learning about, about him here now? That yeah, he's out? a true
8: pro. I mean, you know, as far as preparation standpoint, always being on the details, knowing exactly what's going on. He's another coach on the field. He's been a blessing to have here our first year.
3: Working out on the side. Do you have
8: any better idea of a timetable when you're getting back? Um, you could ask Zach. I think he's going to be—he's um, chomping at the bit a little bit, raring to go. He looks good. Um, he's, he's excited about this year, getting into this offense, and how we're going to deploy him. So, he'll, uh, when he's physically and mentally ready to play, he'll play.
1: What do you think? hope to get out of the practice Minnesota? the only joint practice you guys will have it is
8: yeah so we're going to go to minnesota I, I think you know kevin o'connell obviously is a really good football coach and uh so we wanted to practice against a really good team they have a little bit different schematics than we do which i think is really helpful because um you know when you in camp i know you got the 2 preseason games but in camp we're kind of playing versus each other's schemes and that'll be a significantly different scheme for the offense and defense so i think that's good to get some awareness of how people play and, um, you know, they got some premier players over there. So it's a trip we're looking forward to. We got a long wait till we get there. Uh, we got a lot to do before that happens. But uh, excited and, and uh, grateful that we could make that work. I know you've, uh,
7: you've had been having conversations with Buddha as we go. So I'm assuming when he says publicly uh, to Cam Cox that he's going to be here when he needs to be here, you kind of already knew that? Um, Where's
8: Cam at?
3: I'm
8: the stand-in for... Stand-in for Cam. Cam Cam caught him at the restaurant, huh? No, yeah, Buddha, when he's ready to go, he'll he'll be ready to go. But uh, I like where he's at right now. And, um, yeah, it'll be good to get three back.
7: What did you know about Jalen before you came here? I mean, obviously Buddha's... Yeah,
8: evaluated not a ton, honestly. Darren, that's a good question. You know, he evaluated him when he came out. Um, And uh, I know that... uh, He's a, he's a football player. He's extremely intelligent. He's got the skill set that you're looking for in the back end from the safety position of what he can bring to the table. Um, I think that he's a very reliable player, which to me, f- playing safety, that's the first thing you have to be. And uh, he's on the details. I mean, he's he knows the checks. He knows the adjustments. I, I laugh. You know, I tell him, you got to be the kid. When the corner busts, it's your fault because you're the caddy out there. So uh, he's doing a good job with that.
2: Cameron said he's back five. close to his draft weight, around 270. start
8: yeah. sorry.
9: Cameron Thomas says he's close to his draft weight. He was down to 255 last year, mm-hmm. 270. Is that something that he was requested of, and what's the benefit of playing that size?
8: Maybe he drank a lot of water when he weighed in that day. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I think that he's moving around extremely well. Obviously, bigger, stronger, faster is always good, with the addendum of we got to talk to our guys about this is, and we have, is you don't want to put on too much weight too fast, and you got to be able to, you know, move in a way that you need to move to play the position that we're having them play. But really, like where Cam's at, he's rushing extremely well. He's violent in the run game, and um, he's he's doing a good job for us. Back, back to
1: the safeties for just a second. You add Jalen with Buddha, and the times you might have Isaiah back there. How what kind of a three angle? could those
8: guys be for yeah I mean I think you could, you could talk to drew about that he you know he when he looks out there and he sees those three guys out there it's it's a it's a good group you know um, I think it's our job to make sure that we fit them in the right places and and do you know for for the defense first is make sure they got a role for themselves and we put them in positions that they can be successful but we'll interchange them for sure good question obviously you
3: don't replace defense. Uh, but is there a guy that's
4: really emerging into that leadership role? You know,
8: honestly, like right now in June, that's a good question, too. It, you know, I'm not really looking to replace D-Hop, you know. Um, what I'm looking for is, is us to play together, winning football as a team. And that's, that's just not the receiver room. That's the tight end group, the O-line group, the quarterback group, running back group, the defense, the special teams, the kicking. So, um, you know, there, it's the football is never about one guy. It never has, never will be. And um, we all got to pull our weight. And
13: like Olden, Zach and James here, the vets, kind of established here in Arizona. To be here in
3: mid-June, what does that, or early June, I should say, what does that do for a group, and what does that signal to you
6: as a coach here?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think, guys, if you want to get better at, play, at football, play football. And, um, you know, within the rules and how the off-season's set up, I think you can get good quality work and improve your game out of this. And they value it. so. That's why they're here and um, I'm I'm, ex- I'm pleased and excited that they're here. The best teams have their players here.
11: You don't have the veterans out there at the tackle spots and you have them working on a new center. It's,
13: how valuable is this time right now to see everybody? Huge,
8: huge, you know, working on their individual skill sets, working on, you know, making calls with different guys, playing right and left, playing inside, outside. Um, you know, I always think that <clears throat> the camaraderie of that old line is a big piece, especially for the quarterback. Um, you know, when they're on the same page, it makes everything go a little bit better. And um, we still got some time to get that ironed out as well, but I like how they're working.
4: What are you seeing out of that center group? Anybody catching your eyes so far?
8: They all are. Everyone that's snapping it. As long as we can get it back there and make the right calls, move people in the run game, keep the quarterback upright, uh, we'll have a roll for them. Come on, one more, one more, one more. Give me one more. Give me one more. There you go. There uh, you go, Bo. He. Uh, what I like about him is is he's not scared. he is not scared. there's a couple you know throws that he made out there the last week or so and I'm like, man that's that's a tight fit right there And he was like I know I'll get it you know I'll put it in there So I think his handle of the offense has impressed myself and I know the coaches because um, we've thrown a lot at him to operate the offense the way we want the quarterback position to operate it. And uh, he's making some good reads, making some good throws. He got some things like everybody to get cleaned up, but I like that uh, he goes out there and and he plays the position how it should be played with a lot of confidence and command. And um, when he steps in that huddle, he has pretty good command. Thank you. Thank you All right.
0: I want to go back to that um, that uh, what he had said about. Um, you know the the teams that have their their veterans, their better players um their stars is basically what he was you know saying um in right now in in June you know do do things you know the only way i can't re- you know i know he just said it but i can't remember exactly what he said but it you know it's it's uh basically to say you know, when when you have you have your you know your group here, then um, you know it, it it's better better for you as a team. And and of course the famous line that I've said before: um, the only way to you know get better at football is to play football. And uh, I I like that he said that because it's it's a message almost really if you're a veteran guy and you're not in the building. Um, you're not getting better. One and two, we're not going to be as great a team because you're not here. Um, and and I know they'll hear that. And and apparently, a lot of Cardinals have a lot of those guys here. Obviously, there's some that are not Buda Baker being one of them. But uh, let's uh, uh, you know, speaking of the safeties, as was the topic, and and Buda Baker, um, let's go ahead and move on to. Uh, Jalen Thompson, who a kid I actually really like, and it was uh, something else that um, JG said that I thought that was it made me laugh because there's this 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 controversy that you know um, when you say well who you know who's the greatest you know uh, football player of all time and they usually you you mention quarterbacks and some people say well no quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Football player, um, you know, a football player is someone that's not a quarterback because football players are physical, skill position, um, offensive, decent, defensive line. Anything that's not a quarterback is a football player. Um, and anything that's obviously a quarterback is, is they're only quarterbacks. They're not football players. And so what he said of Jalen Thompson is that, oh, he's a football player. You know, he's physical, <laughs> he's not a quarterback. Um, and so it just kind of made me laugh that you know that just that verbiage, and I'm sure that's not what he meant um, per se. I did think he just meant that that uh, you know uh, more speaking about his physicality. And Jalen Thompson has been been great for the Cardinals. So let's let's listen in on what he has to say.
13: it's been fun you know what I mean I look at it kind of like a new challenge um, you know we got these good coaches now they're uh, super hard on this super uh, make, they want to make sure that we're intentional with our movements intentional with our stuff so um, I feel like it'll be good is um, putting players in the right positions to make plays this year
2: yeah, every time around this year
9: a lot of players are in the best shape of their careers <clears> but we put in a little extra work this off definitely
13: I would say that, to be honest. Uh, feeling real good this year. Um, been working out with my guy in the off season, Justin King. Um, so it's yeah, it's been real good. Been working out with some of my teammates. Buddha's been in there a little bit. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to get big, trying to get right for the season so we're ready to go. What is
7: that like working with Buddha away from here <laughs> and knowing everything he's going through right now?
13: Like, uh, what's it been like? Uh, you know, it's been what it is, you know what I mean? I, Nothing too much. Uh, Buddha, you know, he's still going to be here. He still uh, is that leader. You know, he still talks and watch. we watch film together a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've just been working hard together. That's it. We're just ready to get uh, get ready for the season. You mentioned
2: Buddha being a leader, but mm-hmm. you're also now one of the more, more veteran guys yeah. on, on, on defense. Mm-hmm. How are you taking on that uh, perhaps increased role?
13: Uh, I'm taking on it pretty well, you know what I mean? I think some of my teammates are taking on to it uh, the right way as well. Um, guys are looking up to me uh, to be that player this year, and uh, you know it was that same way last year. But um, guys are looking up to me, so you know um, I feel it's my job to to show the young guys uh, the way to go. Isaiah got
11: a lot of reps with the safeties last year, but that's where he's been at least. What we've seen all off season. Mm-hmm. What improvements have you seen
13: in his game with your group? Uh, I feel like he's just becoming a, a smarter football player. You know, as a safety. You got to make all the checks, all the calls, and uh, you know he's just getting that down in his head, and I feel like uh, that's just gonna make him play even faster. I feel like. You know, how good could you guys
1: be in that bowl together? You would
13: have. I feel like we could be real good. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like we showed glimpses of it last year how good we can be. Um, this year it should be should be real good for us, especially with this new scheme. Just like I said, putting guys in in the right positions to make plays. So I
5: think it should be real good. There's been a lot of moving parts here around the last few months, new coach obviously, new GM, <laughs> Kyler's injury, DeAndre Hopkins situation, Muda situation. Yep. How does that affect the locker room and just with everything, knowing where, what direction you guys are headed?
13: We've been just trying to keep the main thing the main thing. We're in the locker rooms, just uh, football time, not really worried about anything else, uh, not really worried about the outside noise, you know what I mean? Just kind of keep it the main thing, and uh, whatever task we have at hand, just you know, focus on that.
3: And how he works
13: as a coordinator um I like it it's uh it's a little different than last year you know what I mean uh I felt like this year it's uh it's kind of a little bit more he lets the players be a little more free out there you know what I mean maybe not so robotic I feel like and I feel like that's uh like I say it's gonna lead to more plays being made what do you
2: think about some of the young receivers like michael Wilson anybody
5: caught your eye
13: uh, yeah, kind of. I think I think Michael Wilson has caught my eye a little bit. Uh, you know, some of the guys have caught my eyes. Uh, it's been, you know, only I've only been out here for a couple of days now, so uh, not really sure everybody yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, Michael Wilson. Like I think he's looking pretty good. You know what I mean? That's fourteen, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Look, looking real good. You know, c- funny thing about Michael Wilson, I actually just uh, worked out with him. I think maybe two days ago, um, and it was just you know, one-on-one work. And I like that with, with them, you know what I mean? You could tell the young guys are really uh, buying into it and everything, so. What, what has it been like being I mean, there's been significant turnover, even more than maybe a normal offseason. season. Mm-hmm. it been a little weird getting back in here? And uh, so not really weird, you know what I mean? This is where I want to be in the first place. This is what I love to do. So, um, you know, not weird at all. I just got to uh, get used to the new faces. <laughs>
7: sir Thanks, Jason. Yep.
0: well they just said his uh, the next player's name but I couldn't hear it because it was too far away from the mic so let's listen in on player X. <laughs>
7: sick (laughs) so what 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 is uh life as a starting center been like for you over the last couple months uh
10: it's been awesome uh excuse my language or my throat by the way it's all a little messed up but um it's been great, you know. Uh, I think we have a really good room with a lot of guys that with a lot of good experience, and you know we have some old heads in there that I can learn a lot from. And Clayton's been great, so um, yeah, so far so good. Why'd you
7: throw that stuff? Like when are you Oh no, I didn't
10: know you could get sick in the desert, but here we are. <laughs> I thought I was only something happening in the cold, but yeah, no, just a little lingering, uh, a little cold, something like that. Is
2: that a big, big reason the decision to sign here because you knew
10: the potential opportunity there was? You know, there's a lot of good things that led me to sign here, uh, one of which is I do live 20 minutes down the road. Me and my wife, we kind of made a home base here two years ago. Um, So that was an awesome setup. Um, And also, you know, uh, with the hiring of JG, hearing a lot of good things about him, um, them also hiring um, Drew, who I know very well. strength heaven in the strength uh, in the weight room, um, so a lot of connections there that I knew that I could get easily comfortable with. Uh, know the offense, kind of jump in real quickly, and um, I'm really, really excited about it so far.
2: How comfortable are you at center, how much of a learning curve is still ahead for you?
10: You know, I think there will always be a huge learning curve. I think this game is evolving so much, uh, especially. For some reason, defense alignment is starting to get much more athletic, uh, which is terrible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, especially in, in the division we're in, there's um, a lot of challenges on the front seven. So I think every year is going to be a new learning curve, regardless of how much success or not success you had the year before. Um, but I'm excited to, to be where I'm at and be around this team, and, and, and especially uh, in this offense
11: challenges when it comes to communication and comfortability when you're starting quarterback
14: isn't able to be out there
10: with you right now um of course i think it'll, it'll take a little bit but i have all my belief in, in k1 to get out there day one and just get right into it of course it'll take a little time for him because he hadn't had all spring but you know he's out there listening and watching tape and doing everything he needs to do so I'm sure that once uh, once he's ready to go, we're gonna just gonna keep rolling. So I'm excited. Have you
1: guys to so kind of build that relationship that uh, yeah. between
10: quarterback and center? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but you know, right now he's he's doing all his treatment and stuff. So uh, I'm working with all the other quarterbacks, and they've been great. You know, it's awesome to. I've been fortunate enough to be around a couple of vets in my career, and uh, again, around Colt, um, it's it's a guy who has a lot of experience and definitely a guy that I can learn from. And still being as old as he is, he's still he's still willing to listen and talk to me and be like, "Hey, what do you like here?" Um, so that's extremely awesome to you know work with about the spring. What
5: kind of things
6: do you pick from? Sorry, uh, what kind of things do you kind of pick spring
10: on? Um, you know, it's, it's it's small stuff. You know, he's just he's really willing to talk about snap count, how he wanted how, how I wanted to sound, how he would like to say it, different things that he wants to do, uh, maybe different things he sees in the protection game. Uh, of course, I don't really talk routes with him, but, uh, you know, different things, protection game, fronts, ID, stuff like that. You know, we have a good communication of what he sees so I can be up there and it's easy for me to communicate it back to him.
9: What did you watch his uh, broadcast over the weekend? Did you Same? watch his call the game over
2: the weekend?
10: No, I didn't see it. Uh, no, I was busy this past weekend. I went on a little bit of a baby moon with my wife. so It was super fun, but I'll catch the next one. I'm sure there will be more. <laughs> what
1: do you think of your guys as – ability to be able to move the ball on the ground
10: this year? You know, I think we have uh, a great backfield, you know, leading with uh, JC there. And uh, I do believe that we're putting a lot of emphasis on it. And I think the offensive line is really to take that challenge. Uh, it's always going to be hard and there won't always be success. But uh, I know that our guys are willing to work for it. Because um, if we have success on the ground, it's also going to be easier for us to pass pro and it's going to be easier for, easier for us to manage the game. So. That's definitely a priority for us.
1: Run blocking is delayed for offensive line
10: it? It's hard, but it's fun. Yeah. So, uh, on that. yeah, I mean, if we have success, <laughs> then it's really fun. If not, then it kind of sucks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think everybody's willing to, everybody's doing a, a good job at putting their foot forward and trying to learn in this new system. There's definitely things that I'm still learning from Clayton um, compared to what I've been taught before. And he came from a place that had a lot of success. So um, definitely for me, it's been a, it's been an awesome experience so far. Speaking
2: of learning how often have you had to tell people <coughs> the correct way to pronounce your first name? I kind of
10: just take it however you want to say it and be like, <laughs> that's correct. So however however you want to say it, I'm like, yeah, that, was, that was really good. <laughs> so. What kind of pronunciations have you gotten
3: before? Uh,
10: what is it? One of our um, uh, one of our uh, nutrition girls, she wrote me, made me a shake, and she wrote YOLO on it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Yoda, I've got a couple of times. The that's pretty cool. Um, a lot of people call me just Fro for my last name. It's easy, um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. And what is it about O men? You guys are seemingly
7: really animated and comfortable talking to
3: people like us. What is it about that group that maybe kind of attracts that kind of personality?
10: Um, just because I think we're very open with each other. You know, uh, in an O line room, you got to have a lot of continuity and uh also you got to be a little lighthearted, like you know you got to be ready to to take a little bit on the chin you know a uh, couple of uh you know you'll get called out a little bit here and there just for excuse my language but shits and giggles but uh i think we're just we're really comfortable with each other and it makes it easy just to talk to everybody else as well
2: i mentioned you and your wife decided to settle here a couple of years ago what what led to that decision
10: uh, her family's from la and uh LA a little crazy to move to, and a little expensive. So I think we're just like, hey, what's the next best option? Um, and we just kind of settled here in, uh, in in Phoenix. We got a little bit, of she got a little bit of family from here, um, and I didn't think I'd love it as much as I did. I love the heat. So uh, even though I'm I'm from the north, Viking, whatever, i was <laughs> uh, just like, hey, you suppose you were born in the cold or whatever. But I love I love the heat. There's a little Danish community here that I found, and they're all like, I will never go back. So. <laughs> No, we love it here.
4: Did you have the uh, baby moon
10: at? Uh, It was called uh, Castle Hot Springs, which is something that just opened a couple of years ago uh, by a hot spring up in uh, Morristown by Lake Pleasant. It was just, uh, it was an awesome experience. It was super cool. It was nice to just kind of relax and. don't got Wi-Fi our TVs out there, so it was really nice. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, it was like a spa resort type of thing and. Uh, when when is your wife do? Oh, when does she do? I was like, what well, we're doing? Okay, <laughs> it's <was> like, wow. <laughs> Uh, she's doing. Uh, she's <laughs> she's doing late August, so right around season starts. So that's that's gonna be good. <laughs> how how are
5: Paris and John Gaines been so
10: far? They've been doing great, man. Like they're just they're they're young guys. They're willing to learn. They constantly listen and I how to say that they take it serious, but like they don't take it too hard when they make a mistake. And I think that's huge. You know, they're willing to learn. It's like hey, oh no, no, I did bad here. It's easy to snowball, especially when you get into the league. I've been there before feel like you want everything to be perfect, but they take everything as learning experience. And it's really awesome to see because that's a guy like that. A guy like that with that mentality can really reach, go far in this game because uh, a lot of it, you know, you're going to you're gonna mess up. Uh, everybody's really good in this league, so uh, they're going to mess up at some point and have a really big mess up. But the quicker they can recover from that, that's, that's huge. And that's definitely something that I've been able to see so
9: far. I think it was on your Instagram you've mentioned your – Danish Army guy. Like, is that, you know, with the versatility, how, how big is that <coughs> in your game? You know,
10: how important is that to have that versatility to be able to move around inside? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, last year I got an opportunity to play a little bit of fullback uh, and a little bit of tight end and kind of net guard and at center and I think, you know, especially as a, as a swing guy on the interior, it's really important to be able to to be plug and play and, and not let the, the standard fall too much you know um so I take a lot of pride in knowing all my assignments and knowing what I need to do and um that's why it's all you know I, I I take a lot of pride man I think that's what you know it was a little play on words with the Danish army knife but uh, uh I appreciate you catching it because a lot of people didn't so <laughs> I was like I thought it was an amazing caption <laughs> so you. all good thanks guys
0: Um, I'm going to give a guess because I mean, he has, uh, you know, some nicknames and interesting pronunciation and I, and I thought that I heard, um, not Darren, I gosh, I mix him up. Who's the, um, Cardinals, uh, um, all right, hold on. Uh, Cardinals, um, communications. No, that would be, uh, um, gosh, what is his name? Anyway, I can't remember and I can't even type it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I thought I heard him say it, so I'm gonna give it a shot, and then we're gonna move on um, to it, it's, um, Hjalte Froholt is is what I'm giving giving it a shot. So uh, that was a uh, we'll just say Froholt because I know I can say that. I mean it's it's H J A L T E Hjalte Hjalte. Hjalte uh, Jate or Jalte and then Froholt F R O H O L D T. So, um, but let's move on to a name we can say. And, uh, James Connor. You guys can do in the
1: running game. Say it again. Are you, how anxious are you to see what you guys can do in the
12: running game? Oh uh, man, just so uh, excited. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm just excited about everything that we're building right now. You know, we're just laying our foundation. Um, I'm loving the run so far, but I mean, just the offense as a whole, what we're building and what we're trying to do, uh, it's real exciting. Where,
1: where do you see the positives from, from that? The positives.
12: Why, what positives are you seeing? <laughs> Man, just, just being a unit, playing as one, you know, playing uh, all 11, just playing together, you know, all five of the linemen getting off and snap at the same time, and uh, our cadences and receivers blocking downfield, and uh, just everything. You know, we're, uh, like I said, we're still laying our foundation. But it's a lot to look forward to. It's football. It's fun. It's a blessing. And like I said, we just laid our foundation. What does it mean for you to be a part of that foundation, you know, just starting over basically clean slate? Yeah, it means everything. I love I love this team. I love um, the pieces we added. Man, um, our whole new staff. Um, I haven't found one thing to complain about, you know. And uh, I'm just really excited to be a part of this. Um, like I said, I love this team, love this city. And uh, just excited to really do something special this year. Nobody believe in us, but that's okay. You know, there's all the reasons to not. But um, that's the exciting part, you know, to prove people wrong. I
2: was about to say, you know, especially a running back, you only have so many years in the NFL. Was there any frustration that in the year, what is this for you, six or seven? Seven. Yeah, that that you're having to enter into a rebuild. But, I mean, is that Mm -hmm. that an
12: issue for you? Uh, I'm just where my feet are. It's where God put me. Um, uh, Man, anytime you get a chance to play football, it's a blessing. Um, You know, not really counting the years. You're just making the most of every day, you know, and just talking to our vets and, you know, talking to guys who's 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 retired, you know, already just saying how fast it goes by. So um rebuild, whatever you wanna call it, uh, man, we got football ahead of us and that's exciting. What do you think nobody believes in this team? Uh, you know, with new staff change and then um uh, uh, that's pretty much it. Well our record last year, you know, so just the past, but the past is the past and that's the beautiful thing about it.
1: What do you make of your offensive line your five years? A lot of depth. There's some solid guys there. Maybe
12: a question in the middle, but maybe not. Yeah, uh, you said a lot of depth, a lot of talent. That's what I see so far, man. Uh, talented guys all over, and so I'm really excited about that. Just watching the film and watching them practice together, watching the camaraderie, um, the size of the guys, how strong they are. You know, um, they're moving weight in the weight room. I love that. You know, that's where I'm from. From you know, I love that. I love the weight room and to see what the big guys are doing in there. And uh, seeing it translate to the field, you know, just being conditioned, so it's exciting.
2: How much improvement have you
12: seen from year one to year two for Keontae? Uh, man, Keontae is a heck of a football player, man, and he's uh, he's, just—he's—he got the size, he's explosive, got hands, real coordinated, really athletic, um, talented, talented football player, and he's made a huge jump. And even though he came in pretty talented too, you know, so uh, every year, every every day, he's getting better in practice. What do you like about this offense? <laughs> uh, that we're gonna be running the ball a lot. Yeah, I love that. I just love it. I just love the possibilities of what it could be. The pieces we have, you know, um, just playing as one. That's what I love about it. It's our message. That's the main thing I love about it. Is our message and that's playing as one. And um, you know, just unselfish football, um, being detail oriented, and uh, just making the right plays, you know, routinely when they come up. You look
2: at where Drew came from last year. and Look at any film from Nick
11: Chubb or anything
12: from what they've run. Yeah. Yeah. We've know uh, we've been seeing some Cleveland film and uh, you know with Chubb and Hunt, those are talented guys. You know, but it's exciting seeing seeing the film and you know watching some of those guys get the lanes and you know running you know 10, 15 yards downfield sometimes untouched. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. You know, I believe I'm a talented back and uh, it's going to be a big year. it feel to have an
3: offensive coordinator to kind of help navigate this
12: new regime, new schemes, and all that at this part of the year in June for you guys? Yeah, it's huge. It's big. Um, that's part of the foundation part, you know, and uh, just being disciplined and uh, um, stacking the days and just being efficient every day, you know, not trying to do too much. You know, we can't win right now, you know, but um, we can definitely put ourselves in position to have a chance.
2: I'm you learn the love the weight. You were talking about that earlier. Like, is it just because you were good
12: at it when you were younger? Or, like, why do you like mm-hmm. it so much? You know, you don't get good at it. Uh, we listen. It's just repetition. And uh, it's in Pennsylvania, you know, like uh, talking to, like high school ball and stuff. You know, a lot of people love f- Florida high school football in Cali and Texas and whatnot. But, uh, you know, in PA where I'm from, you know, we get that, that heavy snow, you know, for almost half the year. So, uh, can't really do the seven on seven outside and stuff like that, you know, when it's you know, up there in Erie, where it's four feet snow on the ground, you know, the only thing you got is is the inside weight room. So that's just where that comes from. Really, but you, you have to be a, a leader
2: in that running back room. How much, also though, does Corey uh, bring to it and being back
12: after you know, oh, 12? For sure, yeah. Corey's been around a long time, man. It was the same draft class, you know. Uh, man, Corey played in the Super Bowl. Been in the league a lot of years. So that's a veteran too, who's um, helping me and uh, also helping the younger guys in the in the room. And uh, yeah, just a vet who knows what he's doing. We'll help the team out.
4: Hey James uh, Hop was a pretty big presence in that locker room,
13: obviously. I mean, how do you guys, as veterans and just the team in general, sort of process him being gone and where you're moving on from
12: that? Uh, yeah, man, we just w- we wish Hop the best, and that's my brother. He was our brother, you know, um, and we'll continue to be. Um, but you know, he's gonna have a, you know, he already had a heck of a career, and uh, wherever he goes next, he gonna make plays for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, wishing him the best. But uh, somebody gotta step up. We'll miss his leadership, but uh, somebody gotta step up with a leadership role as well. So
3: about
12: Paris Johnson and what is he going to bring to that offensive line? Uh, man, Paris looking good, man. Um, this, his day-to-day, you know, his routines, he's going through the motions. He's, he's looking like a, a guy who's been here for a while. You know, you would think that he's been in the league a while deciding how he's going about his business and whatnot. So that's lovely to see, you know, a guy who is uh, who finishing finishing reps hard, acting like a true pro. What are you expecting? What
8: are you expecting DeAndre to come back?
12: Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really know too much. I was hoping, but um, yeah, I didn't really know. How do you think this offense will be played now without
10: his presence on the field? Like
12: we saw when he
1: was here, like how much attention he would draw away from yeah. everyone else. How do you think that changes now? without
12: him? Uh, we just gotta gotta make plays. You know, that's the name of the game. The name of the game is to make plays, and so um, there will be somebody else out there. You know, will be somebody else out there making the plays and. Um, in the run game as well, so yeah. There hasn't been much
1: on the field with Kyle Murder right now, obviously, but he
2: has been out there watching. Yeah. How much done. how much of that is a presence just
12: seeing him out there? Uh, man, it means everything he's been here. He's been, you know, first one in the building, been been here after everybody goes, you know, and um, just I got to spend a lot of time with him, you know, during during these OTA periods and just seeing how he's working, you can tell he's really, really locked in. Um how much he's itching to get back out there, you know, he's behind. On the, behind the huddles watching every play, you know, so really locked in and uh, really excited for his return and just his whole process. When do you
1: think you'll see him back on the field?
12: Uh, whenever he's ready, whenever he's ready. James, talk about being the underdog kind
8: of embracing that role. Is that exciting as a competitor that you get the opportunity to go out and prove other people
12: wrong? Yes, for sure. That's what they're going to remember. You know, if you think of anybody who's done something great in the game of football, um, you know, it's probably, at a time when they back against was, was against the wall, you know everybody was counting them out, and you know was just so unexpected for them to do something really big. So, um, yeah, that's the position we're in right now. It's a position to do something great. You know, adversity, you know, it, that's what that's what makes a champion. What are
7: your takeaways
1: so far with Cannon, and how would
2: you describe this culture that he's trying to establish?
12: Uh, he's definitely establishing, uh, you know, a culture and a standard around here, man. He's a uh, He's a uh, coach got a lot of energy, man. But he's just so passionate about the game, you know. And he just, it's like a, I'm just loving it so far. You know, the language and what he's trying to do, and what he is doing, it's uh, it's a man for the job. We're gonna, we're gonna be special this year. Teams last year you
2: ended up averaging more than five yards of carry, but didn't have all that many carries, right? I mean, have you made it known, the coach, is, hey, I'm more than willing and able to reduce um, the workload?
12: Now I'm really just trying to show that uh, by my day-to-day how I'm working, uh, what I do in the field. You know, really talk is cheap. You know, if I can go to them and say I can do all this, now nah, you got to show it. You know, every year you got to prove it in this league. Um, and so uh, I'm just trying to set an example behind working and showing that you know I got what it takes to to, to carry the load and um, just to be a leader on the team and try to carry it somewhere special. Thanks, James. Thank you. Appreciate you.
0: Well, um, that's uh, everything Cardinals I have, but it, it appears that it uh, w- was somewhat of a blessing in disguise because just a couple of minutes ago we have some breaking news to share. So it, it's it, it's a uh, so you know somewhat of a blessing that that the internet went out last night. More on that in just a little bit. Coming up on Big Sky Sports Talk.
11: Breaking news out of the NBA. The Phoenix Suns are hiring Frank Vogel as their next head coach. That's per multiple reports. Vogel was most recently in charge of the Los Angeles Lakers. He led them to an NBA title in the bubble back in 2020. He'll reportedly get a five-year deal worth $31 million with the Suns. Vogel will replace Monty Williams in Phoenix, who was fired after the Suns' second-round playoff loss to the Nuggets. Now joined by our nba insider and nba expert bill ryder bill busy covering the nba finals and now we have this news coming out with the phoenix suns choosing frank vogel reportedly to be their guy first off your initial reaction to this and help me make sense of this hire
14: yeah it's the musical chairs of championship coaches or in monty williams case near championship coaches just switching jobs obviously vogel been out of a job for a while. I actually think it's a pretty interesting hire and maybe a pretty good one because he fits a very similar mold to Monty Williams. This is a defensive first-minded guy. That's something Monty Williams is all about. We'll certainly bring to Detroit. So Vogel should be able to slip right in there and make sure that the defensive effort and energy of that Suns team continues. And a secondary part part about I think Vogel's skill set that's been a little overlooked is his ability to manage massive egos, massive stars, the realities of the chemistry of a locker room with big-time personalities. He did a great job with that in Los Angeles, even though he eventually lost that job, and that'll certainly be a challenge with Kevin Durant if Chris Paul remains with him, with Devin Booker, with DeAndre Ayton. So it makes sense, and it just continues this trend of really talented coaches losing jobs after success and then finding big-time lucrative jobs shortly thereafter.
0: Not done with this report, but uh, going to read the graphic. Um, obviously, uh, 2019, 2020, he won the NBA title with the Lakers, uh, with a 52 and 19 record. Um, and then the following year they went 42 and 30 and lost in the first round to the Suns, Um, and then, um, and then in 21, 22, much different 33 and 49. Um, so dramatically different um and missed the playoffs and then took a year off last year from coaching altogether
11: you mentioned vogel and the work that he was able to do with the lakers being able to work with the personality and the star level of someone like lebron Um, we knew that that worked at least to be able to get a championship and now when he has the pairing of a Kevin Durant, of a Devin Booker. How do you look at Frank Vogel as a head coach, seeing that he was able to get it done in LA, but was not able to in Indiana
14: or in Orlando? I think it's the reality that is the NBA. And it's I think what, what Marks, what Eric Spolster has done in this finals is incredible. You don't have superstars, and I mean multiple superstars, you really don't have a legitimate chance to win championships. I I can tell you what people around the NBA think about Frank Vogel, though it's worth saying they hold Monty Williams in high regard, they hold Mike Budenholzer in high regard, they hold Nick Nurse in high regard, and these are talented guys probably shouldn't have been on the market, but the the M.O. on Vogel is he's a great X's and O's guy. Like Eric Spolzer, he came up through the video room in his career, which means thousands of hours of watching tape and a fairly difficult path to an NBA head coaching position, and he's well-liked and well-respected. He's not as sexy a name, not as big a name as some of the other guys that are out there, maybe because he's been away from the game for a little bit, but very well-respected. And just looking at my phone here as we're talking, some of the... Some of the responses that are coming back from from colleagues of his, now competitors, is respect in the sense it's a pretty good hire for a pretty good basketball mind who now takes over this job.
11: What should priority number one for Vogel be? Is it to be able to get the buy-in from the stars of of Booker and KD? Is it trying to get more out of DeAndre Ayton, who we saw struggle in the playoffs, or figuring out Chris Paul and the health of him? What's, what's, What's top of the list for him?
14: Yeah, it's a great question. I, you would hope that that buy-in is not required because the new process now is that stars are going to interview as part of the process and sign off on coaches. Giannis Antetokounmpo signed off in uh, on Andrew Griffin in, in Milwaukee. Joel Embiid was part of the interview process for, for Nick Nurse. But who knows what's going on with, with this Phoenix organization? Their ownership, their new ownership, to say the least, has been interesting. So let's presume that he's already got buy-in from those guys. I think it's going to be able to coach a team with championships
0: Um, before we continue, uh, they have a graphic odds to win the 2024 NBA championship. Suns are still in that odds, obviously, uh, Nuggets are first, uh, and they haven't even won this time, but they'll be first for next year is what they're projecting. Uh, plus 475 Celtics plus 575 bucks plus 700, uh, Suns plus uh, nine hundred and the Lakers plus uh, eleven hundred. Obviously, that uh, money you're—that's money that you're winning. So if you you place a bet on the Nuggets, they win it, you win. You know, um, you win four hundred seventy-five dollars because it's is the most likely choice. You're gonna win more money with the Lakers because they're their odds are not as high, um, and so that's how that goes um, but let's continue
14: expectations that doesn't have a lot of depth they gave that away to bring in Kevin Durant there is no window in which they can take their time to get it done so I think Vogel going to have to find a way to take some of these lesser names and squeeze production out of them make sure DeAndre Ayton feels the buy under Monty Williams and get the most and maximize the most out of a talented but thin roster because it's championship or nothing in terms of how the Suns view what they need to get done this upcoming season. Yeah, that
11: time to win is now for the suns time for the raptors to find a head coach now because they're the only opening left out there in the association where do you think things might pan out for them in toronto
14: yeah it's interesting because messiah jerry obviously who runs basketball operations is incredibly highly respected and is not afraid to make surprise hires or make surprise decisions nick nurse other than in toronto came out of nowhere when he got elevated several years ago as the head coach there so while Doc Rivers is still on the board and Mike Budenholzer is still on the board both championship contenders my understanding of Toronto is it's going to be a wide-ranging process and the people I've talked to uh, don't know what's going to happen because Masai Ujiri is a very difficult guy to read and we'll take a a long and and serious look at candidates we're thinking about and probably some we're not.
11: Our NBA insider Bill Ryder joining us with the breaking news about the Phoenix Suns reportedly hiring Frank Vogel to be their next head coach Thank you very much for your time, Bill. And you look at that carousel that we mentioned, just the Raptors, the lone team, needing to figure out who their new head man will be as we head into next season. Get ready to end this season with the finals going on, but it's the Suns picking Frank Vogel to be their man.
2: We're going to continue to follow this story throughout the day here on CBS Sports HQ. Up next, we're going to bring in our own head coach, Avery Johnson,
6: to discuss the report. Planning to hire Frank Vogel as the next head coach. This coming from our Adrian Wojnarowski. The team and Vogel are now starting to work on a long-term deal. Vogel has coached the Pacers. Magic, he won a title in the bubble with LeBron and the Lakers. In 2020. So, again, the breaking news. The Phoenix Suns are on their way to hiring Frank Vogel as their head coach for the departed Monty Williams, who, by the way, is already employed in Philadelphia. Vogel took a year off from coaching last season, but his last coaching stint was with the Lakers from 2019 to 2022. He won the title in his first year in L.A. and then started to fall off a little bit the next two years, missing the playoffs in his most recent season as coach. Breaking news in the NBA. Frank Vogel
14: headed to the Suns
0: so there we go they kind of repeated it there Um, I don't think there's anything else in this uh, video Um, this just was something that I found um, that I found excuse me um, on YouTube I don't even know the page to give them credits Uh, I'm not even sure so, um, but credits to everything else was, um, of course, and I'm, I'm late on this as my last topic, um, was, uh, azcardinals.com, uh, specifically I got their YouTube page, the, the, um, press pass, uh, has not been put on their, their, uh, um, their webpage yet. And then, um... Every and then everything uh, from last night um, in that half of the podcast was bally uh, sports. Um, so there you have it, Frank Vogel, uh, the new head coach for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, presumably um, a five-year deal worth thirty-one. So they get him get him at the cheap. Um, I I don't know if that's because he took a year off or, or what, but. Um, that's pretty much it. I really don't know how I feel about the hire. I mean, he wasn't, wasn't my first choice. Uh, mine was, uh, Kenny Atkinson. I remembered it after I signed off, uh, the other day. Um, and then, then Nick nurse, I think, uh, for my, what I'm understanding from the Phoenix Suns, uh, their first choice was Nick nurse. I don't know where Frank Vogel, uh, lands on that. um, but uh, yeah, um, and then uh, let's see. Uh, I I I do want, I do think for the Lakers, the, the Suns and Lakers were hiring around the same time, and uh, and uh, for the Lakers, their first choice was Monty, but he decides to go to Phoenix, and their second choice was Frank Vogel. Um, So I guess we're getting a former second-choice head coach. He has won a championship, uh, championship, obviously. Um, Whether you want to put an asterisk around it or not, that is up to you. Um, I do want to go ahead and go to uh, um, azsports.com and get uh, Bickley and Murata's reaction. So we'll go ahead and uh, play that now.
15: Breaking news: The uh, Phoenix Suns. We asked, and we got an answer. They've got their new head coach. Various reports, Wode, Shamspurania, out there. Frank Vogel finalizing a deal to be the new head coach of the Phoenix Suns. That, according to both of those reports. Color me a bit surprised. Here, yeah, a little
6: Bick. bit too. Yeah, you and me both. It's not ex- this. This was the last candidate out of the three that I thought was going to get into the winner's circle here. It and was that's... also
15: the last candidate added to the mix, was it not? Yeah,
6: yeah. And and a candidate who wasn't on all of the lists. And so for Adrian Wojnarowski to report this is uh is this is about to be a done deal. It happens right after Doc Rivers officially withdrew his name from consideration. Like seconds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh they didn't pass me up I wasn't a candidate when they hired him so Frank you're Vo- fine. Quit. I quit right, I quit. quit I quit I quit so Frank Vogel uh interesting guy because it, as is the case with anybody who coaches LeBron James you, you don't know how difficult of a job that actually is until you do it so Frank Vogel led the Lakers to a, a bubble championship. Frank Vogel has got a uh, he's got a an ability at least to, it, it, I think I've got this right he's got a reputation for being really good at in series adjustments as well and I think he distinguished himself during that bubble run am- along those lines not Tai Liu good but he's done it and I think that ultimately this has to be a situation where where Matt Ishbia was looking for some real experience right. Yeah, Frank Vogel does have that 11 years of head
15: coaching experience in the league with Indiana, two years in Orlando that were pretty lean, and then he lands with the Lakers in 2019-2020, which turned out to be the bubble year. 52-19 that year, they go on to win the the NBA championship in the Orlando bubble, losing just uh, five times along the way, and then two pretty mediocre years after that, the Lakers going out in the first round the year after, uh, missing the playoffs in his final year. And I think you hit on a very interesting point because Frank Vogel is getting another opportunity now to take over a a job in Phoenix that has two superstar players in Mm -hmm. place. He had some success with that very early on uh, under weird circumstances in the bubble in his first year with the Lakers. Uh, maybe that was the, the selling point to, to the Suns brass. Mm. I wonder, there was so much widespread reporting, and we'll go back to what Bill Simmons said on a number of occasions, it's going to be Kevin Young. And I think that was the overall feeling I wonder what happened there. So do I. There, so do I. I. I, I there, there might be some interesting developments that get reported on on that negotiation yeah. and that pursuit.
6: Yeah. Well, speculate for me. Tell me what you're thinking. Do you think this might have been loyalty to Monty? Do you think uh, – see, the thing that I'm looking at the, here is, like you said, Bill Simmons declaratively saying twice. this was the guy twice, right? And then the Devin Booker endorsements of it all. Um, was Devin Booker not contacted? Did was Devin Booker's support of Kevin Young overstated? Was it just a quote? Uh, we had we had people on this show,
9: Jake Fisher, Shams, tell us specifically that Booker liked Kevin Young, supported mm-hmm. him, so it wasn't just like you know um, people speculating. Yeah,
15: well, and
6: but again, but where did they get that from? Has anyone talked to Devin Booker recently about Kevin Young?
15: I don't, has anybody I, talked to Devin Booker recently anything, about Frank Vogel? Well, I, that's, I, you have, that's
6: the aha. You
15: have to assume that this deal was not made, this agreement was not struck between the Suns and Frank Vogel without going and getting the opinions of the superstars. And they might not be in the country, but I'm pretty sure their phones still work.
6: Yeah, I would really yes, I I would have to assume that that was the case. Otherwise, it, it's you're really you're going down a a, a difficult path here. So I am surprised too. Frank Vogel's a good coach. It's not like they it's not like they got a guy that's a scrub. He's got a good defensive reputation. He's he's a good tactical mind. Um the, the, his What ring, went wrong with the Lakers? It, it's LeBron. It's its egos. Injuries. it's injuries, it's all that stuff. It's, you know, eventually, you know, you can't coach LeBron. That's the interesting thing about LeBron's
15: career. He he's had success, there's no denying it wherever he's gone. But who's the one coach that you would tie him to in terms of success? Spolstra, Spolstra. maybe the most.
6: And he wanted him fired too.
15: <laughs> and Spolstra's gone on in the aftermath of LeBron leaving Miami to become one of the best coaches in the NBA. Right. right. I mean, they won a title in Cleveland with Ty Lue. He's gone elsewhere. He's played for a bunch of them.
6: So this is, uh, yeah, this is interesting, and I, I and I wonder, yeah, I, I I can't wait to hear more and more details as they come out on this. Gambo says
9: way. it's it's Kevin Young. It seems like it's Kevin Young's choice to stay or stay not. To
15: stay yeah. or stay not. To stay not. <laughs> it Seems is a
6: like it's his
9: choice from what I heard. Is but
6: but again, I, d- if you're Frank Vogel and you have no relationship with Kevin Young, yeah, why you would you do own- that? Unless why would it, you do that?
9: Unless it's totally is like this is Devin Booker's guy. Like sort of like you bring in like but, a, a quarterback's coach to work with a specific specific quarterback even but though But
6: then again, as a head coach. Why would you do that? Why would you keep a guy who was popular with the team's best player? Like we That's went That's a th- risk to your uh, uh, We to went your through side. this. Yeah, could, I don't get it. We went through it.
9: this with could Vance Joseph stay on as defensive coordinator. It never really seemed realistic even though people were talking about it. Yeah.
3: We've got money. Have you seen this, Vince? I have.
15: Uh, Shams putting out there that the uh, Suns and Frank Vogel are finalizing a five-year deal worth $31 million. So just over $6 million wow. a year. Wow, less, than, less than, half. than half. of what the Detroit Pistons are paying Monty Williams. Wow. And less than what the Phoenix Suns were paying Monty yeah. Williams. Wow.
9: So much for resetting yeah, that what? coaching. <laughs> oh, Eric Spolsch throwing the phone against <laughs> the wall right now. What? That... <laughs>
6: Is that right? Five it is years, right. 31 yeah, million dollars. Yeah, listen it, again. Monty Williams hit the lottery. That's why the, the the reaction to that deal
15: being reported was so over the top. Mm-hmm. We've not seen
6: money like that thrown to an NBA coach. Before. No, no, and maybe never again. He's going to go down as the Deshaun Watson of quarterbacks. <laughs> Bill Simmons tweeting
9: just now. I'm taking the L. Was Kevin Young for a couple weeks? Then Ishbia decided he wanted someone splashier and more experienced, and shifted gears. What's interesting is Booker was pushing hard for KY, but Vogel's an excellent coach. Can't wait to find out what happened. Wow. Okay.
3: Can't spell Bill without two L's. So. <laughs> That's
9: a good point. And wow. now
6: he's got, Now he took one of them.
15: All right. So w- w- let's assume that what Bill Simmons put out there is is the truth. Looking for somebody splashier and certainly more experienced. I, I mean
6: Frank I don't Vogel's know, Frank Vogel splash. He's got
15: a championship on his
9: resume. He I, does. I think he's Frank, got the bubble championship though. It's the
15: bubble championship. And, and I haven't researched this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but Frank Vogel now becomes the first man ever to coach the Phoenix Suns that has a championship on his resume. Wow. Is that right?
6: I don't know
9: seems right. Oh.
3: So the thing is, Suns fans love to discount that bubble championship. Oh, it doesn't count. Are we yeah. going to count it now <laughs> now that the guy who led <laughs> them to that I've
15: been very funny. I've been incredibly consistent that on funny. that front and I you know my feelings on the Los Angeles Lakers. I didn't discount that. They played under the same the same conditions as everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. That counted. They had to overcome the same things that yeah, every other team did. It's
6: it's not that. It's not the conditions that people give it the asterisk. It's the 3 months off
15: every other two to I know them.
6: that but but I know that but in a team like the Lakers in a in a guy like LeBron that it looks like an advantage you wouldn't get anywhere else no I know what you're saying and and, I, and I'm not I'm not arguing that position
15: I thought there was a possibility we'd be talking about the Phoenix Suns hiring a head coach before the end of today's show. I thought it was a slim possibility. I did not think it was going to be Frank Vogel. Yeah. I got to be completely honest well, with you. Well, and
6: yes, and so I, I, think it's. I also think it's real interesting to me that if if Kevin Young was the leader, what what made Matt Ishbia pivot away?
9: I mean, if you're believing Bill Simmons, it's
6: about splash again, splash and experience. The experience thing, I'll buy but I I don't Splash think... Flat- experience. That's yeah. hard to say. Splash experience. <laughs> Sounds like a water park. <laughs> sea world. Yeah. Uh, we'll have more on
15: this. Uh, the news is out there. The Suns have their new head coach. And surprise, surprise, it's Frank Vogel. We'll have more.
0: More as the day continues, I'm sure Ben said. Um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's, it you know, their thoughts are kind of mirror some of my own. It's like, uh, you know, yeah, you like the experience. I do like, you know, and I know that they weren't, you know, comp- they weren't comparing, but uh, was CBS uh, Sports. Uh, that's not where I got that, that first video. It would have been maybe here by now, but I was looking for something during the break because I, you know, while James Conner was talking I get to my phone Vogel in as son's coach and I'm like, all right, well I have a new topic to talk about. So yeah, that's the benefit I guess that when you, you know, kind of um, internet goes down, you go to bed, sleep in a little bit and and you have somewhat breaking news, fresh story, fresh perspective to talk about on your show. Um, with that, I do believe that's everything I have. Let's let's get the music going. You know, let's let's end this thing. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, the video thing—that's what I. Um, I do like that. See, uh, you know, the CBS Sports uh, guy. I'm not sure who what his name is. Uh, you know, not wasn't trying to compare him as far as how great Frank Vogel could be, but just kind of the comparing of hey, he was you know, in the video room, uh, like an Eric Spolstra. That's where Eric Spolstra started. And then, you know, now one of the better coaches in the league, one of the more longer uh, tenured coaches in the league other than Greg Popovich. I think you have Coach Pop and then uh, Spolstra right under him. He's been with that Miami organization for a very, very long time um and so i I like that fact that hey this dude has grinded on film um and so that that's the biggest plus with frank vogel and of course the um championship year um and I, i think that's right he is the first championship coach that the Suns have ever hired and for the low man that's low um, especially compared to Monty Williams. But if you have your thoughts on it, please email me big sports talk at gmail.com. You uh, shoot a message on Facebook, Instagram, and in on TikTok if you want to at big sky sports talk, all of those at big sky sports talk. Um, you can uh, find me and follow, follow each of those pages, like the pages uh, uh, and uh, you know, check out the content. I'm trying to get more and more up there uh, as I can. I'm, I'm I was very critical of how I want to do it. I wanted to look a lot more professional than what I'm doing, but, you know, uh, so is uh, life. So um, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, you can listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher. We're available just about everywhere you are. Please hit that uh, bell notification so that way you Get notified when a show drops, and for some of you, you'll get notified around noon. So that's just the way it goes. Um, Until tomorrow. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.